Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, Coxie. G'day, listeners. And I won't say g'day to our guests just yet. We're going to intro <laughs> them ourselves kind of properly. How are you, Coxie? I'm well, Warwick. How are you? Hello, listeners. I'm very well. Thanks, Coxie. Apart from the lag, and it's appropriate that technology is not cooperating today because we're speaking to a couple of tech whizzes in today's episode. And it's about something that I must admit, I probably stick my head in the sand over a little bit and practice a fairly healthy dose of denial, Coxie. <laughs> and you being our resident technotard, you must be all over this cybersecurity stuff. Look, I am fully locked up and protected and I'm not even a little bit. I'm sure I'm going to have some mind bombs go off today during today's <laughs> I've got my, uh, my notepad and pen handy. Now, before we actually let our guests in from the green room, we don't have a green room. We should call it the orange room, Coxie. We should. Uh, just need to let you all know, listeners, that we have a thing called a Facebook group. It is free. It has more than 2,000 trade business owners hanging out in there, swapping ideas, getting their questions answered, supporting each other, and just generally, I guess, working together to break the cycle of gut busting and money stress that is such a part, sadly, of trade business ownership in Australia and New Zealand. So if you haven't flicked over to Facebook and joined our group yet, please go and do that. It is free. All you have to do is answer some really simple questions about yourself and your dog or your cat. And we'll let you in if you're a legit trade business owner. No spammers allowed. No hawkers allowed. There's not even any vacuum cleaner salesmen. So um, go and check it out on Facebook. It is literally just called Tradies in Business. It's a big free group. Jump in there if you're looking for some more assistance in your trade business. Now, Coxie, um, after my little ad roll there, <laughs> nice. we should let our guests in and let them do some talking. We are joined today by Susie and Adam. Now, they're both co-founders of a business called Cinch, and I'll let them explain more about that. Um, Susie is, are you the CEO or like the big boss, Susie? Yep. Guilty, and I am. Adam's just the chief technology officer. Just. just. <laughs> in it. my world, that's everything. That's like yeah, the king yeah. of the world. Uh, 100%. 100%. That's, Welcome uh, to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Pleasure. Pleasure. Now, I'm going to shut up because I've just talked for probably six and a half minutes, mm -hmm. and that's about the limit that most people have for listening to me. So uh, can you tell us a bit about Cinch and, um, I guess, what you do, but – I think people are probably more interested in some of the scary stuff uh, and also why you do what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting. Uh, Adam and I have very different backgrounds. So um, my background, I come from a family of corporates, um, moved into the corporate world and found myself working with a lot of small businesses um, back as an insurance broker before I had any idea what a cybersecurity was. Um, whereas Adam comes from a family of small business owners, came into large corporate world um, and worked that way. So we kind of met and collided in the middle and 
Um, for us, we were all about um, talking to small business owners about the challenges that they face when it comes to cybersecurity. We spoke to um, many small business owners that had actually had, you know, a data breach or some sort of compromise a few years ago and heard about just how personal it is for business owners themselves when something like that goes wrong. Um, they were describing what was the worst day of their working lives um, because their business stopped. They couldn't do anything else other than focus on this test tech risk that they'd never faced into before um, and so that's why we do what we do um, Adam and I we're all about the people at the heart of every business no matter which industry whether it be tradies or financial planners or insurance brokers whoever they are if you're a small business owner big part of your identity is wrapped up in your business and cyber is one of those few risks that can really bring that undone very very quickly so we're all about helping small businesses to build what we call is cyber fitness which is gradually improving your cyber security over time in small chunks you don't need to be a tech crazy person you just need to be focusing on your business and thinking about it consciously so that means it works for me perfectly then. Being the, the resident technotard, you could get me fit in no time. Absolutely. That's what we do every day. Is there any running involved though? I'm not much of a runner either. <laughs> not if we can help it. Yeah. <laughs> if we're doing our job, you shouldn't be having to run. Even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Susie, you referenced something really important there. I think that it's early, but I'm going to run straight into this one. You spoke about the challenges business owners face. I think a lot of small business owners, particularly tradies, our audience, don't understand what those challenges can potentially be. We have no idea unless we hear it on a Facebook page or perhaps on a podcast. If we've never heard about it before, we don't actually know what that challenges could be. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I'll start and then I'll kick over to Adam because I'm sure he's got some thoughts on this. Um, I mean, the, the first thing to think about is um, when you're adopting new technology into your business, whether it be a new job management platform or, or any of anything like that to help you do things better and faster and easier in your business, it's really important to think about the flip side of that benefit, which is the risk that you're introducing. If you're all of a sudden have, you know, all of your invoicing um, through, you know, whether it be Zero or Myob or any of them, if you have um, a job management platform where you wouldn't literally wouldn't know where to go in the morning if that platform wasn't available, um, then you also need to think about, well, what am I doing to make sure that it will be available tomorrow? What, what mm -hmm. am I, what am I, what steps am I doing to make sure that only I can get into my accounting um, uh, software, et cetera. So mm. um, it's, it's about thinking about the good and the bad and then doing what you can to get on top of the bad. I'm sure, yeah, Adam. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, uh, we all want to dig into the horror stories, right? That's what everyone's here to, here to listen to. Like what's all the shocking stuff that goes down? Um, like the big, the, the biggest one for so many small businesses and, um, you know, tradies are uh, just as uh vulnerable to it as anything else is uh, typically referred to as invoice scams. Mm -hmm. So, you know, someone someone sending you a fake invoice or you getting sent updated account details and, you know, you just triage that, you update your bank details, all of a sudden you're 10, 20, 30, 100K out of pocket because it's gone into the wrong, the wrong bank account. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you who've been through that, it is a nightmare, like mm -hmm. trying to actually respond to that and recover from that. And, and we look at that and we say, well, you know, the, the reality of that is you're actually just using email, um, you're using your online banking, and they're all fundamental for your business to operate, and you're going to be moving at the speed that you need to move at. You've been out on site and you've come home at the end of the day and you're just triaging all the accounting and whatnot that you need to get through. You're, just, you're tired and things mistakes are going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, that 
that's one big thing I'm sure many of your listeners have probably, if they haven't experienced it themselves, they know of someone who's experienced that. And, you know, that's an area where we, we actually start with for every small business, um, you know, just put it, make a couple of little changes to the way that you process invoices and do all those types of things. Um, and it'll just really protect yourself and, and give you that extra extra set of underpants at the end of the day, making sure that, uh, <laughs> you know, things, are, things aren't going to go pear-shaped on you. And making sure they stay clean too. That's it. Because <laughs> I, I actually recall um, a thread in our group that I mentioned at the top of the episode uh, where I think someone had been invoice scammed. They'd actually mm. provided their details um, and, uh, yeah, paid the invoice or whatever it was yeah. and, yeah, lost money. And it's like, oh, no, dude. Really? And it goes both ways. Um, I mean, there's, there's, two, there's two ways to look at it. Um, you might get pay the wrong place, um, yeah. which is, you know, now you're out of pocket. Yep. Potentially it was a valid invoice and you just sent it to the wrong place. So they're out yeah. of pocket now as well. Like that's a whole dilemma. Yep. Um, but equally you might get, um, you know, your email get, might get taken over and then you might un- inadvertently or someone might take that over and start issuing invoices to someone else. Um, and that's going to have a real damage to your reputation and your relationship with your clients. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it goes both ways. It's, it's just systemic at the moment. Um, it's really uh, vulnerable. And so that's one of those areas where email in particular is a real bit of a basket case if you haven't actually stopped and taken some steps to, to lock that down and make sure yep. that the right things are in place and you, and you don't treat it with the right amount of care. Um, you can really get unstuck there pretty easily, um, unfortunately. And it is because, you know, we're running small businesses no one's no business owner's got the time to do all the things. It's just not possible. Um, and so, just building that into your into your systems and processes and thinking a little bit about that and being careful. Um, you know, it doesn't take a lot, but it's all contributes at the end of the day. And like you say, Adam, people are just like trade business owners, especially. We know that they're just so busy, and they have so many things to deal with. They have this massive long list of things, and you use the term triage, which. For, for anybody who doesn't know what that term means, it's basically what medical teams do when you arrive in the back of the ambulance at ED because you've lopped the end off your thumb with a circular saw um, uh, or at the scene of an accident. You know, they're triaging, they're actually working out what is the most important thing and how do I deal with it the most quickly. And that's, that's like day-to-day life of a trade business owner. And so often our brain is not fully in gear when we're racing through emails like, oh, updating details. What the bloody hell do they want this for? Oh, here it is again. You know, here's my bloody yeah. bank details. Yeah. Um, and next minute you've given some, I won't use a rude word, but you've given a, a subpar human being your details uh, and they do something nasty with it and pinch money off you. So, uh, And because of that, quite often, because you are running so fast, you, you, you do the thing, you change your bank details and then you go off to the million other things. And it might not be for three or four days before you sit back and you go, hold on, that was weird. What? Yeah. It was just last week that those bank details changed. Why did that change again? Mm. And that's when the alarm bells goes off. And by then it's too late to contact your bank. That that money is gone. Um, yep. And so this is where, where Adam talks about putting a few simple steps in place that are going to make you pause and stop and think and, and check um, before you send money anywhere or um, before somebody else gains access to your email account is really, really important. Mm. You were mentioning job management systems earlier also, Susie. Uh, I think there's a lot of assumptions made by business owners that they're safe and secure or a lot of faith put into those companies, and yet it's an area of risk. 
Yeah, absolutely. Every technology has risk attached. You know, your mobile phone, your, your, um, you know, your computer, your Wi-Fi, everything has risk no matter what. Um, but your job management systems, um, it, it's, there's nothing to say that you've chosen a bad one. Most of them will have security baked in, but what it won't necessarily have is those security controls and, you know, the, the, the extra tools um, turned on from the moment you pull it out of the box. So, you know, when you, when you sign up for these um, job management systems, in the background, there's going to be a whole bunch of choices and options that you can go through and self-select and decide which ones are right for your business. And unfortunately, because these systems are set up to make it super easy to use and get going, many of the security ones don't come out of the box turned on. Um, so it's about you know going into the settings page and actually reading through and understanding what other things could I be turning on here to make it harder for somebody else to get in. Um, you know, something simple like we talk about two-factor authentication, which is such a crappy term because it makes no sense to anybody outside of security. <laughs> um, but what that is, that, that's when you get, um, when you sign into something with your username and your password, and then you have to put in a code that's either been sent in a text to your phone or that you get out of an app in your phone as a second factor. That's the whole two-factor. Um, that is an incredibly effective way of making sure that nobody other than yourself can gain access to those systems. But most of the time, it's not turned on out of the box. You actually need to open up the settings, go in there, find it and set it up. But setting it up takes about 30 seconds. Um, putting it in each time takes about 30 seconds. But if that's going to save you 30 grand from an invoicing scam, it's worth that extra 30 seconds every time. It really is. And I think it's one of those real critical areas where traders think, oh, that's such a pain in the butt. I don't want to do exactly. that. It's too hard. And we all think like that until we've lost 30 grand. And then exactly. suddenly it's like, well, why didn't I do that? I can't believe I didn't turn that on. It is so simple. Absolutely. And one of the other things that we always uh, recommend when talking to small businesses in any industry is using a password manager. And so this is where it's actually kind of the flip side to that pain in the backside that you're talking about there, because password manager is a piece of software. You think about it as a digital safe where you store all of your passwords in that piece of software. And so the only password that you need to remember is the one to get into your digital safe, into your password manager. But then that means that that password manager will actually input your username and password into each software every time you log in for you. So you're not sitting there scratching your head going, oh, password, what password did I set for this one? Or it also helps you from stopping using one password across everything, which of course, Many people don't realise just how dangerous that is. But if that one password gets discovered by one person, they're going to try and get, use that same password and username everywhere else. So this way you can have different ones everywhere and you only have to use one password. So that can actually take less time. That cuts away that 30 seconds. and means that, sure, you're spending that 30 seconds entering in your second factor rather than trying to remember which password to get into the system. So that would mean I could use those horrible generated ones, you know, that have got an asterisk and a hashtag and six letters oh, they're, in case they're beautiful. and numbers. Yes. Horrible. <laughs> they're horrible. They're lovely. Yeah. I think, I think Coxie and I may be a little guilty of using the same password for a number of sites. Honestly, if your listeners take one thing away from today, I would say sign up to a password manager. The one that we recommend is 1Password. Sign up to that. Um, get that set up and then you'll never have to remember any more than one password again and you're going to be so much safer. Um, mm -hmm. For Adam and I, obviously, we work in a tech company, so we have a 1,001 um, logins. Yeah. I know one password. 
Um, that's the only password I know is the one to get me into my one password. And all of my other passwords are those horrible 20 digit long (laughs) numbers, letters, capitals, asterisks, all the rest of it. I wouldn't have the faintest idea what any of them are. Um, and I just, you know, you have it on your phone. So if I'm working off my phone, it's on there. I have it on my computer and then I just, I don't have to worry about it. Makes it so Mm. much easier. Mm. Are you taking notes of what we need to do when we get off the call? Well, it's crazy because I've been a LastPass user, which is one of the main ones for, yep. I don't know, maybe seven or eight years. Uh, and right. I still get sloppy. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when I'm not able to store it easily into LastPass, I'm like, ah, I'll just yes. use this one. And, yep. you know, I think it's that human nature. We're, we're inherently lazy and we're shortcutters, um, despite knowing better. Uh, and I suppose that leads me to a question. I mean, there's some obvious things like password management that a lot of people think about, but don't perhaps, you know, remind themselves of the gravity of, uh, of exposing themselves in that area. Are there other areas of, you know, quote unquote, cyber security that trade business owners really should be aware of and thinking about that maybe they haven't thought of yet? Uh- we would say hundreds. Um, <laughs> there's lots of that. There's a never-ending, growing, changing list. Um, but there are there are definitely some key things to to be mindful of. Um, the the first thing, uh, yeah, once you've got your password manager installed, when you're looking into this space, the very first thing to do is actually just take stock of the technology you're using. Um, like how many businesses actually sit down and look at, uh, you know, what are the actual technologies that they rely on on any given day? I mean, for us, just just to break it down, for us to have this this call and have this chat, we've interacted over email. So we've got our email environment there. We've got some calendaring that we've had to, to put in place. Um, we jump on Zoom to have a, a chat on that type of thing. There's all the equipment that we're using. I've got a laptop. I've got a, you know, home network that I'm using. Like all of this, you know, you sit down and you understand and just start to to inventory all of that um it can be overwhelming but it's a really fundamental important first step you know step through your day think about what are the things that i'm interacting with and take stock of all of that and then then once you've got that then you can stop and think about well what are the steps that i need to do to secure that how important is that for me you know if that laptop was to disappear someone Mm -hmm. broke into the house and walked off with that am, am i you know how am i going to work the next day or the week after that like what are my contingencies on that type of situation um, so sort of going through and stepping through all of those. Um, some key areas, though, to think about for any technology are very much, um, you know, controlling who can get into it. And so that's kind of the password manager and the two-factor that, that Susie was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. But also um, updates. So software updates and things things get updated all the time. Um, and sometimes it's that new shiny feature that you've been wanting. Um, and sometimes it's that new shiny feature that just gets in your way and you hate it. But almost always... It's going to actually be something that will improve the security of it. Um, and so it's really important to make sure that you're updating everything. So that computer that you're using, the network on your home network, the software that you've installed on things, your mobile phone, like all of that stuff's going to have updates to install. Um, so really, really going out and making sure that you're updating that. Even the web browser that you're, you're using to do mm. certain things and access stuff always getting them updated. Um, And the reason for updating things is, uh, you know, the reason that they put these updates out there is because there's always new vulnerabilities and issues that pop up. There's new ways that someone can attack you. Um, And and so that's what those updates are protecting you from. And if you're not installing them regularly um, or you're not upgrading your computer once every five years, so you're using the old Windows 7 machine or something (laughs) that's been kicking around in the office for however long, um, 
those things are basically, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you're driving around with the old clunker car that's just going to break down or you're going to run into something, the brakes are broken, like the whole thing's just, you know, diabolical. The, the chances of you getting compromised and something happening to your business just es escalate. Um, so it's really important to kind of maintain your technology and kind of staying on top of and, and just installing those things. Good thing mm -hmm. is most often, more often than not, you can actually just hit the automatic update button mm -hmm. um, yeah. and just have it in, update itself. But like Susie was saying earlier, unless you go in and tick that button, often it's just not going to do that for you automatically. Mm. Um, so that's a really important thing. I know there's there's people who resist um, installing updates, and I've come across people uh, professionally and in in my family. Um, sadly, don't listen to this episode <laughs> or to this podcast, but uh, they haven't updated their phone software for I don't know how long. It's frightening. And they're like, oh, that's just all rubbish, you know, that just takes yeah. up space on your phone and they're just trying to get more things on there. I'm like, yeah, no, it's kind of important stuff. Uh, <laughs> so whereas I'm like, I see an update, I'm like, yes, please install it now. Because uh, I just, I don't know, I just, I understand that it's like, you know, the old Commodore that I had back in the 90s. You could open the door with a screwdriver. You didn't need the key. Exactly. Um, you know, the ignition barrel was so flogged out, you just turned the little butterfly wings on it and it would start. <laughs> so nowadays people take for granted, they press a, a click button on their remote and there's a rolling code that's generated that pretty much stops anybody getting into your car. And if they can, they can't start it. So, you know, we just don't see our, our tech, I think, maybe because it's part of our everyday life, the phone's always in the hand. You know, it's just, it's easy to forget all that stuff. Well, I mean, your technology at the end of the day is just another tool for your business. Um, mm. And you're not going to just leave your tools out in the rain um, and expect them to go. So, you know, you're going to maintain them. You're going to look after them. You're going to do the right thing. So, yeah. you know, just, just think of it like another tool just needs that maintenance and love and attention mm. Um, mm. that you need to give everything else. Except if it's a wheelbarrow. And if you're one of the builders with six wheelbarrows listening, don't treat it like a wheelbarrow. No. Exactly. no Allow me to draw a long bow here for the naysayers. When I'm sitting in my office and I'm a plumber who's working my butt off, and this is going to take me a whole bunch of time, turn on the TV and suddenly on the weekend there's no Channel 9 and surely Channel 9 has got all of the stuff in place that they need to keep themselves safe and secure and yet they get hacked. So why mm -hmm. is this going to keep me safe if we can't keep Channel 9 safe? Yeah, so the thing is you need to think about um, who are they targeting. So when, when the nation state actors or whoever it turns out to be are the ones behind the Channel 9 hack, um, they are very sophisticated, very targeted cyber attackers. So these are not the guys in the black hoodies in, in the garage or, you know, off in Russia or whatever, whatever rubbish you've got in your mind about who these cyber attackers are. They, they were very sophisticated attacks. But the thing is, cyber um, cyber crime is a trillion dollar business. Trillion dollars. It's actually bigger than drug crime across the world. So you think about from the very top of that food chain of the people hacking Channel Nine, down to the guys in the hoodies in the backyard things. They're, they're not they're not targeting the plumber around the corner. What they're targeting is the technology and the software mm. that you use in your business. Mm -hmm. So they don't care if you're a plumber. They don't care if you're a doctor. They don't they don't care. But if they can get in, they'll get in and they'll get in really easily because it's a trillion dollar industry. Mm. Unfortunately, these cyber criminals, the scum of the earth, they, they actually like are the best collaborators around. They, if they find a way in, they then tell all their friends. Mm. Um, so, 
it's it's kind of the whole you know you don't want to be the zebra at the back of the pack with lions chasing after you right like you mm-hmm. want to be somewhere towards the front um because you know it's it's not personal to them um it's personal to you you feel it that way but it's not personal to the people attacking your business mm. It's, uh, I think when we talk, you know, cybersecurity and cybercrime, people can have images of grandma um, not covering her pin at the ATM and, and you know, not being, I guess, um, discerning enough about which online shopping site she uses to get her comfy slippers. Uh, and it's just, it's so much more prevalent than that. I wanted to talk about mobile phones because... Um, I'm legitimately confused personally about mobile phone security and I've had a couple of businesses in the last um, year or so try and sell me a program, quote unquote, uh, to help keep my phone safe. I think the cost of the security program was probably more than what it would have cost me if someone actually hacked my phone and stole my data. But um, what is the go with mobiles? Everyone uses their mobile phone for just about everything these days. We're all in close proximity to each other. Uh, we're surfing websites, shopping, you know, invoicing. What is the go with phone security, guys? Uh, that's a fantastic question. So um, good news is uh, both, so there's really only two two players in the mobile phone space. There's, there's Apple with the iPhone and then there's Google with all of the different Android flavors that are out mm-hmm. there. So if you've got a Samsung phone or whatever it is, it's going to be an, a Google Android phone behind yep. the scenes. The really good news is that um, both of those sort of uh, providers, the people who make those phones, have really upped their game in recent years. So there's a lot of really good security just baked in out of it. Um, but they, equally, they and they force a lot of that on you in uh, as the default setting. So you really have to actively, if you get a new phone nowadays, you have to be consciously turning security features off, mm. um, So, which is a really good sort of way to approach it. It's quite different to what um, used to happen in the past where, they would just get you going really quickly and then you just kind of have to turn, know to turn that sort of stuff on. Um, but nowadays with that, um, you really have to be consciously making an effort to make it insecure. Um, so that's a, that's a really good starting point. So you can be fairly comfortable if you've got a reasonably modern phone nowadays that it's going to be safe and secure. But there are a number of really important things to keep in mind, um, in particular if you've got an Android phone. Um, it's pretty easy to go off and get a malicious piece of software installed. So something dangerous, you can download an app, it could get installed on your phone, and it's quite common for really dangerous bits of software to turn up on your phone. Um, And if you're doing banking on your phone, as an example, there's going to be an app, there could be an app sitting alongside that that's just watching you put your password in and it's going to take that now it's going to change the account details on the fly while you're trying to transfer money and put the money into a different place so that is a really actually a common thing so be really careful and mindful of the types of apps you install that amazing new flashlight uh, application that you want to put on your phone that's really not going to do anything better than the flashlight that comes with the phone think twice before you put that on there right that that amazing new leveling application that uses the gyroscope in it to to do that to replace your spirit levels like don't don't necessarily install those things unless you know you're pretty comfortable and confident that it comes from that um one way to think and and with your applications on your phone is only ever install them from a um, the google play store in particular um with apple that's one of the good things about an iphone is you literally cannot install an application from anywhere but apple um so that's a that's a good thing um, the other key thing is um, leaving your phone unlocked somewhere so that someone can get into it 
that becomes the window to your business, to your personal life, to everything else. So if your phone is unlocked and it's sitting on a counter somewhere or you've left it on the bar at the pub while you duck off to the loo, um, someone can get in there and, and um, like I do it with my mates all the time, I'll, I'll send dodgy messages to the <laughs> missus or something like that. You know, that's just having a bit of fun. But, you know, you think about what someone could access once they can get into your phone. Um, so really make sure that it's locked down. Um, you know, keep that, use the, the face unlock or the fingerprint unlock, have a passcode on it if you need to. That's a really important thing. Um, and then the last thing to think about with mobile phones um, is because our lives and our worlds are all wrapped up in them now, and they are by definition mobile, um, they go walk about pretty easily. Um, and so you really need to think about, you know, how are you going to run your business tomorrow if your phone gets taken today? Um, you know, that, that's just going to be a real pain. So one of the key things with all the modern phones nowadays that they come with is something called Find My Android or Find My iPhone is turning that feature on. Um, and what that does basically is, uh, you know, if your phone does go walkabout, we've got some good stories on that one. Um, if your phone does disappear for whatever reason, you can go rush home, get on the computer at home and bring up a map and it'll tell you where your phone is um, and you can you can get access to that. And in the meantime, you can lock it and you can do all the things that you need to do so that whoever's managed to walk off with your phone um, doesn't actually, uh, you know, doesn't, can't do anything with it. And just a, another thing with mobile phones um, before, I'm sure you asked for the horror stories behind that giggle before, um, is also to think about your service provider and what can you do um, to lock down your, your, your account details with your service provider. Um, so unfortunately, one of the really common scams, and it's happen, happening more and more often, I had two people talk to me about it this week, um, is somebody um, getting hold of your contact details. So, you know, your name, your address, your date of birth, them calling up Optus or Telstra, pretending to be you and actually taking over control of that and porting your number off somewhere else. Now, whilst yeah. it's an incredible pain in the ass, sorry, it is, um, it is also quite dangerous if you've set up two-factor authentication yeah. to get sent to you via a text message because that yeah. means they can get into Wow. Any- Exactly. So it's it's a few. There's a few steps in the process for them, but once they've managed to convince Optus or Telstra or Vodafone that they are you, um, then you're in dire straits. So think about what um, what capability do you have to add a, a password or a passcode or a passphrase or something to your account with with them, so that nobody can change any details on your account unless they give that passphrase. So um, make sure that you're thinking about that as well, because that's unfortunately really, really common. There's there's some quite famous cases of where it's happened to some pretty big celebrities around the country, um, and it's it's diabolical to undo once it's actually gone through. Goodness gracious. And even stuff these days, you know, we can send money to each other with a, a mobile phone number. You know, you can request mm-hmm. money via PayPal just with a mobile phone number. So, uh, you know, obviously there's there's layers of account security with things like PayPal, but it's still frightening to think of of something as innocuous as a mobile phone number. You know, I've had mine for 20 plus years. Um, it, it becomes almost like part of your signature. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone gets hold of that. Yeah, exactly. You're in deep doo-doo. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I'm actually sitting here thinking, yeah, 
okay, I might, I might go do a bit of uh, work in, <laughs> in LastPass and tighten up some of my, uh, you know, instead of just getting rid of the security alert that comes up and says, hey, you've used this password 37 times already. Uh, you might want to think about that. I'm like, mm, okay, time. That's a real, 37 is a very specific number. <laughs> and you'll remember that now, Adam. It's, That's it's right. Like, uh, you know, for just 1997, you can get access to Coxie's yeah. other place to plug out. No, that's all right. No. Uh, so um, what are, I guess in terms of, you know, the top five, the top seven, we're, you know, we're business coaches. We have we have a, a business program here at Tradies in Business. We're all about the top something or other things that trade business owners should do. Do you have something like that or are there just some some key things that you wish people would actually pay attention to, gang? Yeah, look, I think we've, we've covered off most of them just in our conversation today. So cool. um, think about your technology uh, that you have, um, even if it means handwriting a list of all the different technology you have and then systematically one by one go through and see what can, what can you do to make it more secure. Um, secondly, use a password manager use different passwords across everything <laughs> just just stop using it 37 times um, just just do it um thirdly use two-factor authentication wherever you can um and you know those two things combined you're in a pretty good place mm. adam what would be your fourth uh so as i mentioned so update your software so don't mm. just set and forget it um don't just use the same thing for 20 years uh you know actually maintain it and get get upgrade your laptops and all that kind of gear uh, then uh, the last one is we, we haven't really touched on that, but backups are really fundamental and important. So um, yep. one of the one of the really big attacks at the moment is um, something called ransomware. But it, it, essentially, what it does is it, it locks up your, all your data and anything that you've got kicking around on your laptop or anything else on there. So it's really important. And the best way to protect yourself from that is to have a good solid backup. Um, so review your backups, anything that's any any information or documents or anything that you've got, which are really important to your business, make sure you've got multiple copies of it in safe places so that you can always access them if something goes wrong. Um, so that would be the the fourth one. I don't know where are we up to, four or five. Um, <laughs> and then the last, the really one really important but often forgotten thing to think about, um, which we encourage everyone to to really have a think about is, sit down and actually have a plan and think about what you're going to do when the proverbial hits the fan. Because mm. a little bit like Channel 9, um, or think about Channel 9, think about the government, think about, you know, your mate down the road who had an invoice scam. We will all fall victim to something at some stage. Mm. Don't wait until then. The last the last uh, point that you want to be thinking about how you're going to respond to something is when it's already happened. So sit down, take five minutes, think about who am I going to call have I got their contact details somewhere other than my email because my email is going to potentially one day disappear and I'm not going to be able to get in contact with them? Um, you know, who, who else am I going to need to call on? And, and it's going to be more than just your IT guy. Um, you're going to need potentially someone to help you to talk to the media depending on your business and what, mm. what, what actually happens. You're going to need potentially to talk to a lawyer depending on what actually happens to your business. Um, is your insurer involved? You know, can you actually call your insurer? Have you got insurance that's going to cover some of the costs and things associated with that? There's a whole sort of range of different things, but if nothing else, just sit down and actually put yourself in that uncomfortable moment and start to think about who you're going to call. And then also letting you, if you've got others in your team and you work with other people, let them know who and what your expectations are of them. So, you know, if they do get a dodgy email or they transfer money to the wrong place, making sure that you or whoever it is in your business 
should be notified is notified as quickly as possible because speed is really important in responding. Mm. So think about responding after the fact. So, um, yeah, I think we, we've we listed off, yeah. I don't know, I think we got to six or seven. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we we can number. go all day with hundreds of them, but that's oh, a, sure, I mean, yeah. if, you, if you can get those things done, you're in a reasonably good reasonably good starting, starting point. I'm really interested to, so I've got a couple of questions. My first one probably applies to most of the people that we deal with every day. They have a Google Drive or they have a Dropbox or they have a cloud-based place that they store all their files so that they are essentially backing up. How secure is that? And can we add extra security to that? Um, So it is as secure as you have configured it to be is kind of the answer. Um, If you haven't turned on um, all of the security settings, then it's not as secure as it could be. all of those, you know, G Drive, um, the the paid versions of Dropbox, etc., um, they have great security. Um, not all of it is turned on. Gmail is better than, say, um, Microsoft three six five in terms of having it turned on. From but you know, at the end of the day, there's more baked in, so um, you can definitely make it more um, secure. Um, as for can you can is there anything else that can be done? Um, there definitely is. So um, there's there's other ways that you can change the way that you share information using the, the features that are built into these things that um, can make your business more secure. But you need to learn how to do those things, right? You need to know how to, how to make that contextual. So um, our business cinch, and this isn't a sales pitch, but our business is all about making these things relevant and only telling you what you need to do about the tech that you actually have. Um, we've got a, a free free platform that you can sign up to and just get that initial assessment. And then even if you don't go onto any of the paid uh, versions, at least then you've gone that first step. We'll be mm-hmm. able to give you some advice based on the tech that you use. So we cut out all of that noise. Um, and plus we don't use tech speak. So we talk like, just like we are right now. Um, I write half of them and I don't have a tech background. So um, a lot of the pieces of advice that we have, um, it's already been translated. We just want to help you get more secure. So um, there's also plenty of other service providers out there that are now starting to focus on small businesses and tradies and, mm. you know, speak to your industry associations. There's a stack of advice out there if you're willing to go and ask for it. Mm. I think it shows what a sign of the times it is, isn't it? It's obviously a very big area of vulnerability. And whilst we've been talking today, I've been thinking about my dad. Now, dad's just turned 70. Yeah, he's an old-fashioned guy. He can barely turn on the computer, let alone make sure he's secure. But every time that I discuss security with him, his concern is always, well, what happens if I die? You won't know what my passwords are. You won't know how to access that important information so that you can do what is necessary to take care of my affairs. I think it's a great question for tradies too. Like if we're using face identification on our phone, my husband's face looks nothing like mine. My kids don't look like me even. Like how do we protect ourselves, keep ourselves safe but allow our loved ones to pick up the ball when it's necessary, if we're sick or, or where the worst case happens and we do pass away. Yeah, succession planning is like fundamental. It's it's one of those. And it's actually when, when you introduce a password manager into a business for the first time, it's the first thing that we actually recommend you thinking about is, you know, Coxie unfortunately got hit by a bus yesterday. Um, how are we going to get into her LastPass account so that we can get into all of the other things? And so that's how we. That's one of the reasons we recommend businesses in, adopt a password manager, is because all of those really core passwords and accounts and credentials and things can be stored in there. It, like Susie explained, it's like a safe. Um, 
Now, the trick then is making sure that you've actually got two people as a minimum who can get into that safe. So making sure that, you know, you and your business partner, if you have a business partner, you and your partner, uh, you know, um, uh, if, if that's appropriate, actually sharing that. Um, and and there needs to be obviously a very high degree of trust between those people, mm. but making sure that that's understood and, and shared. So Susie and I are business partners, I, that is how we've set our business up. So um, if and when I run into a bus, uh, Susie will be able to recover all of the things um, um, and Susie doesn't go near buses. So we're pretty safe <laughs> on that. <laughs> I hate public transport. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I uh, So I can go and poke Dad a little bit more now and we can get him up with the times. Yeah, and, yeah. and just the other thing is um, uh, the other way to approach this if you're not quite ready to dig into a password manager, it's actually quite okay. You know, it's it's like uh, having a last will and testament, right? It's mm-hmm. um, actually quite okay for you to have the password that gets an, into your email that maybe is probably the key to everything else mm. um, written down on a piece of paper and securely stored somewhere physically um, that you and this other person uh, are the only ones that can actually get to. Um, mm. and, and in like at the upper echelons of, you know, the banks and all of that type of thing, at the very bottom of all of their security is going to be a piece of paper stored away in a safe somewhere where two people have to go in and synchronously turn the locks. Mm. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of what happens at the end of the day. So it, we wouldn't encourage you to necessarily, although, for your father, it may be appropriate for him to have like the password logbook and, and mm-hmm. have that stored alongside his actual mm-hmm. password, uh, mm-hmm. passport or something like that. Like that's actually quite legitimate because he's probably only got a handful of accounts that he uses and, you know, that's that's reasonably um, safe and secure possibly. Um, but certainly in a business context as, you, as you're flagging, there's other things to think about. So you, mm-hmm. you want to think about, you know, always have that sort of redundancy built in, um, ideally having someone else, if for whatever reason you're incapacitated, the other person can step in and, assume control as needed um just don't let them get in there when they don't need to <laughs> that's right <laughs> not sharing my password with you Art. No way. <laughs> well um guys that's been awesome and frightening all at the same time uh, <laughs> i've got some homework to do as i'm sure uh many of our listeners fortunately or unfortunately have some homework to do listeners if you have had a few brain snaps and, and felt a little embarrassed, even though no one knows that uh, your face just went a little red because, you you know, like me, you've used the same password or you don't have two-factor um, authentication set up on your bookkeeping software or whatever the heck it is. Um, stop now and take a few notes on what you should be doing. Um, the other thing you should do is obviously go check out Susie and Adam and their business at cinch.com. Uh, Dot .au. .au. Okay, there is yeah. an AU. All right. Yeah. So cinch.com.au, C-Y-N-C-H. Uh, and Susie, I think you were saying you guys have like a free um, yeah. check that people can do. People, That's tradies, right. Tradies love something free. So Exactly right. You can you, you sign up. There's a button up in the top right-hand corner saying sign up for free. Sign up. It'll take you about 10 minutes to tell us what tech are you using and we'll do an initial sort of assessment on you. And then you can jump straight into getting advice on, on what should be done. So um, there's a free right. boot camp that you can do self-paced on there um, and we can help you solve sort of four of the bigger security issues in your business. Um, and then even if that's all you do, at least you've gotten that far and you've done something mm-hmm. this year, but try not to make it all you do. 
<laughs> Good advice. <laughs> and yeah. there's been some absolute brain explosions in there. There's so many little things that you just don't think about, like that annoying update that you never do or the website updates that apparently never, ever get done. Or putting or a password on your phone. Putting Coxie. a password. Yes, I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> How can my children get into it if there's a password? <laughs> Tell them the password. No, that's, that's another episode. I'll, see you, we'll, I'll take you through that side of things. Yeah. Thanks. Adam. <laughs> uh, well, guys, um, thanks so much for your time, Susie and Adam. Um, that's that's literally been well. I'll say ear opening because this is a podcast. Um, we will get around to our YouTube channel one of these days. It just keeps getting pushed down the list of priorities, and uh, throw this video up there as well. But um, thanks so much for your time. Uh, some fantastic info, and by all means, listeners. Go to cinch.com.au and um, take them up on their freebie check um, and get some advice. I think that's one of the big things that a lot of us make the mistake of. We try and do it ourselves, mm. uh, whether that's business. And that's that's why Nicole and I here as tradies in business is to, to help, uh, I guess, reduce that um, screw up rate of people doing it themselves and just winging it. Um, so with your security stuff, it can be a bit confusing and tricky as you've heard, but um, these guys make it simple for you. So uh, get on that, go and check it out. Um, and as always, um, drop Coxie and I a message if you uh, have any questions. Guys, thanks again so much for your time and uh, have a fantastic day. Thank you. You too. Thanks a lot. Cheers. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.